0: Hello, this is Matt Brown, the worship pastor here at Glen Owen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, December 3rd, 2023.
1: Hey, everybody! I'm John Vanderbilt, I'm the lead pastor at Glen Owen Bible Church.
2: Hi, I'm Simone Halpin, the co-founder and executive director of Naomi's House.
1: And I'm Kelly Braid. I serve as
3: senior pastor at Glen Bible Church. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Next Level. Good morning. Happy mm. Monday morning, Matt. The music Sunday morning was amazing. Oh, good! So enjoyed Wasn't the it great instrumentation, to have, uh, the uh, Jim Brown
0: back on the uh, Jen, baby, J- grand. baby grand. Oh, love it! Love it. She just pounds
3: it, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yep. Okay. Every Sunday, I often come away with um, gift envy. I actually went and borrowed the guitar from Student Ministries and took it home with me to putz around with it. So. <laughs>
0: I actually have heard you play guitar. Kelly Brady can actually play guitar.
3: I can. I used to lead worship a in bit. student ministry. So I watched some YouTube videos, videos on how to pick, finger pick. I've, I've noticed you've worked hard at picking and gotten much I, better. I'm and,
0: loving the finger picking yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I want to
3: learn how to do yeah. that.
1: And, yeah. yeah, Ain't nobody got time for this. <laughs> <laughs> I took the guitar, went home, and watched some YouTube. What is going on right now? <laughs> went, went for a stroll in between what my hap- practice sessions. What is happening right now?
2: <laughs> wow, but
1: good the music. For you, man. The music was, great. It was good. Thank you, you should always try new things and learn new things when you're old. I saw what? Dick Van Dyke. No, like older, not like you're <laughs> not like you're an old man. I just mean like we stop trying and learning new things. I saw Dick Van, I Van Dyke.
3: I think on Instagram, y'all remember Dick Van Dyke? I, I think he may be near hundred and he's learning a new instrument
1: or something. Pretty. Pretty sure Dick Van Dyke really passed away. I gotta look it up now.
2: <laughs> Those Instagram reels tricky. You know, you feel like they're alive.
0: I saw <laughs> it. He's still alive. He is. Dick Van Dyke is still
3: alive. Born in 1925.
1: 97 years Dude, old. Way Boom. to go. I way stand
0: go. It corrected. I, I thought he died actually a few years ago. <laughs> Specifically, I thought he I remembered and that. He Carol Burnett,
1: right? They wow. just.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, I saw a meme the other day that had, like, Dolly Parton. Did you see Dolly Parton over Thanksgiving break at the Cowboys game? Yes. Oh, yeah. She Thank was the halftime. you, half Thank you for me. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I saw a meme. It was, like, Dolly Parton in a Cowboys, you know, cheerleader uniform, which she was wearing, and she looked great. Just, 77 years just stick old. stick to
2: the point of the story. <laughs> no, I'm just
0: saying, like, at 77, it so it was <laughs> like go, half of the spiral. meme was like, you know, Dolly Parton at 77, and it was like, and <laughs> the other half was like me at 40, and it was this dude on the couch <laughs> looking like he was like 120 years old at 40, you know, just like... <laughs> uh, oh but no, thank gosh. you. Another shout out to uh, to the my wife and her team of folks who decorated... Mm-hmm. Um, the church here and um, and Poplar, the campus at, at Poplar Creek, it um, looks great. Well done, all those who who came and helped out. Thank yeah. you so
3: much. It is beautiful. It's very, festive. very beautiful. Yeah, festive. Mm-hmm. Good word. John, how was Poplar Creek?
1: It was a it was a great Sunday. It's great. It was a great Sunday. Now, we had. Um, I
3: see one of our questions about Advent wreath. They did the Advent wreath
1: this year. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Uh, very traditional. Um, advent reading family um, family uh, Daryl and his daughter Deb mm-hmm. uh, read and it was it was really solid the reflection the reading was written by um, somebody from the congregation which is always kind of special and um, yeah we had uh, one of the high school students at Poplar uh, led a, a few of the songs and singing and um, she's got just a great voice she does so um, yeah it was it was a good Sunday cool
0: well, we're not going to talk about football today. So let's just get into some questions.
2: <laughs> Nothing really interesting, anyway. So. Oh
0: gosh! <laughs> what, the questions or football? The questions are amazing. <laughs> let's do them. <laughs> I'm glad. I will say this. I'm glad I considered for like a moment of driving up to Green Bay and trying to see the game. It's only how far is Green Bay from here? It's, it's less I'm than three hours, three. right? I don't know. I've been say not three far at all. I've been yeah. there like once, and I was just shocked at how. Big Green Bay isn't. <laughs> I, I just assumed Green Bay was was a big city because it had an NFL football team. I'd never been it's there. It's a
3: big Wisconsin city.
0: <laughs> I mean Milwaukee's a good
1: size city yeah. like yeah. I just I couldn't believe it was like it's like 80,000 you are gonna get an email from some Packers Sorry. fan telling you all about the history of why right, right.
0: hey I had a lovely time in Green Bay okay <laughs> it was like 20 years ago I love it was fun but yeah um, I'm glad I didn't go because it would have been very cold it was a night game and the Chiefs got their butts beat so. Remember when we weren't going to talk about football? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we had the college football playoff oh selections. No, I was kidding. <laughs> Are
2: you trying to wake John up?
0: <laughs> I'm awake. <laughs> All right, here we go. First question. Does using our imagination have risks? I was discouraged from dreaming by my parents because fantasy was supposedly a part of how
1: the devil drew people away from faith. Like dreaming at Night when you're sleeping? I think they mean dreaming like imagining. Oh, I was like, how do you stop yourself from dreaming at night? Yeah. Be- I was discouraged talk, from imagining. Talk about a legalism like, like burden.
3: Because they go on to say, because fantasy, like <laughs> fantasy I got you, or, I
1: got you got, okay. you, got you, got you, got you. I was
3: like, yeah. holy cow. I remember the, the church I grew up in the South, You know, a Baptist church, um was... Kind of against all things fantasy, they oh, borderline like make believe, like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Well. Like they were borderline against fiction. It couldn't be fiction, you know. So,
0: well, why don't we? Because because this might be confusing for anyone who maybe didn't hear your sermon. But yeah. can you unpack where this is coming from?
3: Yeah. So I I settled in and settled on kind of working with the notion of Christ is wonderful. And wonderful doesn't mean just really terrific, aweshocks, shocks stupendous. Um, wonderful actually means, in the Old Testament context, a, a sign, a miracle, miraculous. I use the word supernatural. He's a supernatural counselor. And so that first, <laughs> so while I'm talking, John is, <laughs> dropping pictures into the, just from the live stream. That's not from the live stream. Yes, is it, it is.
1: You're passionate. You're, you're pa- That's where Gosh, I,
3: I look a hundred years old. That's
1: where I, le- I that's why you kind to learn new things.
3: Like how to dress. Is that what you're saying or what? <laughs> Dude, you don't no. look a day over 82. Come on. <laughs> Come on. All right. Back to it. So supernatural counselor, wonderful means supernatural. So he's, Christ is out of this world in his counsel. Uh, And uh, I talk just about how it can be hard for us to get our our minds around that. And one of my favorite authors, who I just happen to be reading right now, is, is probably the reason I worked it in, is Chesterton has a lot, G.K. Chesterton has a lot to say about the value of imagination. You can actually Google it, and there are people that are working with his ideas. But he says that imagination is needed... And it's not the type of imagination. When he says imagination, it's not that we have to use our imagination to make the unreal real. Imagination is not used, needed to make fairies or unicorns more real to us, make the unreal real, but rather imagination is is needed to make what is factual amazing to us, to awaken it. And so I I just talked about that and I could see someone saying, well, Obviously, if you grew up in a in a hyper conservative culture um, christian culture yeah there's some some warning signs to to the fantasy play and um, so anyway um, i I would say that imagination's a gift of from God I think it's actually I could make a case a philosophical argument. Um, it's not explicit theology but it's implied theology that imagination is actually a part of the uh, the attributes of god when god creates something out of nothing that is a mean that is a working of his imagination he is he is seeing something that's not yet real and making it real mm-hmm. so the whole creative act is an imaginative work i'd i'd also say that imagination is is a part of the gifting and it's unique among humanity. So, you know, animals are not making art. They're not making music. They're not making poetry, horses and cows, you know. They're not doing that. It's just unique to humans. It's a part, I would go so far as to say, the activation of our imagination is a part of what it means to be made in the image of God as we um, create, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so poetry and art um, and music, that's, that's all imaginative work as we wonder, I wonder what these two notes would sound like next to one another. Are these two colors, how they'd look next to each other? Are these two characters in a narrative, a fictional narrative? I wonder how they would interact. And, and we create something that wasn't there, and that's beautiful. And so, yes, there are some risks to imagination. We can use any of God's gifts— uh, and and turn them into idols and make them self-serving, but imagination was given to us. It's it's for God's glory, yeah. and in human good.
0: And I would say uh, many of the verses uh, in the Bible are God is calling on you to use your imagination because some of the some of the imagery in the Bible is so fantastic and so you, you otherworldly. know otherworldly. Otherworldly, yeah. and some of the attributes that are ascribed to God in the way that it's described, like you. You have to engage your imagination to to try to visualize it, and I find it really helpful just in general in reading scripture in it whether you're reading poetic or narrative or whatever i, I do try to imagine it I do try to especially um man, especially Jesus on the cross, like mm-hmm. I try to think about mm-hmm. is in the as much as I possibly can what that scene looked like and what it felt like, and you know I think that. It adds um, weight to what you're reading and weight to your prayers after you read. And
2: I think we're using our imagination whether we recognize it or not. And so
3: You're spot
0: on.
2: Yeah. And so, I mean, even as you were describing what you were saying, like when we read Scripture, I just opened up to Psalm 1 because, you know, it's a, a classic and a favorite. And you, as you read through Psalm 1, you're invited into using your imagination. And it, it there's, you know... David's even saying to, to meditate on God's word. I like how you describe a little bit of, it's like vision. You're, you're looking forward, forward to, or you're being inspired about what could be. And there's actually tons of research about the link between mental health and the use of imagination. And so if you're Mm. stuck and you can't, you're having a hard time imagining a life that could be different or freer or richer or more abundant, um, sometimes it's a sign that there might be something in your life that's keeping you stuck. Mm-hmm. It's keeping you kind of locked in um, the past and your imagination is what a lot of times unlocks that freedom so that you can, you can think in day daydream it feels a little bit scary, mm-hmm. but you can think about what life could look like, what life could be.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? I've actually, I've actually prayed with um, people who have had um, things that are stuck in their imagination, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which this can, like get fi- a little like weird, fixation yeah. Like, kind of well, they they participated in things that mm-hmm. were not healthy for their imagination. Yep. So some of the darker fantasy mm-hmm. things that they got involved in, and it it brought them to yep. a place where they were having um, pictures of things that were just really dark and evil yep. in their imagination. And it it was because they had cultivated yep. over a period of time in their imagination. Um, some some horrible things, and they they um, it was actually here at G, at GBC. Um, they came forward and said, "I just can't get some of these pictures out of my yes my head. I've been imagining these dark things, and I, it's because it I participated and got involved in you know some of this darker fantasy stuff, and um, I can't get rid of it. And so I, I don't know if there's a prescription for it, but I just prayed for cleansing of their imagination that. The things that they're that they were a part of will be f- will be free. Like they'll be free from those. That they'll be gone out of their imagination. Yep. That's and-
3: a part of uh, mind renewal. Renew your minds. Right? Yes. yes, totally,
1: absolutely, totally. And I think sometimes people think, you know, well, the imagination is it real? Is it not? What does it mean? What is it not? You know, and and there's probably a broad spectrum of what I'm talking about. Like, you know, on imagination, like what is conscience and what is. Imagination. How does that all like your inner thought life? How does that all work and break down, and what is what, and all that? But they were, um, they were definitely using the term imagination. I imagine these things, yeah. and when something happens, I picture this. And yeah. they wanted to be be free from that. And so. I can totally
0: relate to that. Is you know, I'm spent up to this point, spent half my life not you know not knowing Jesus, not being raised in a Christian home and just, you know, sort of enjoying, I'm using air quotes, what all that the world had to offer. Yeah, right? And, and so I have prayed a lot about that. God would mm-hmm. just, would you just take memories away, please? Sure. Like, would you, yeah. I just don't, cause you see things mm-hmm. and, and, and this is a, I, I talk a, to a, a lot of Christians about this, maybe people that have just um, come into the faith or I don't know, just whatever the situation is, um, it, it, like I'm, I'm. Th- it, I talk about it when I say things like I'm thankful um, for the experiences that I had, because it allows me to have conversations that with people that maybe other Christians can't or mm-hmm. come, just because they don't, they're not on. You know, they can't relate. But at the same time, do I wish I met Jesus when I was six? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is, uh, it's because of of the life that I lived, the sin that happened, the memories that I still have. Yeah. And it's been a a constant ongoing um, prayer that God would take those memories away because you you get older and the more you pray and the older you get, I think, and the Lord has been kind to me and good and he has taken a a lot of those things away to the point where even if I tried to recall, I I can't. Mm -hmm. But every now and then I'll see something and it'll just trigger a memory. And I've got to do work in that moment to get that memory out Mm -hmm. because it's not a good one. You know, it's not God honoring. It's not good for me. It's not good for where I am, my family, all that stuff. So, um,
3: yeah. So the, if the word imagination, if you grew up in a hyper-conservative environment that was really on guard about the notion of fantasy, uh, uh, Simone mentioned it, a word that, it's not dissimilar to vision. Do you have a vision for your future? Do you have a vision of, of what's being described in scripture? Do you have a vision for what it means to be functional, healthy, godly? And so I take, for example, Hebrews 12, where it says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Without imagination, exactly what are we fixing our eyes on? What are we focusing on? And so imagination is the activation of, is how we were to fix our eyes on Christ. Mm -hmm. And, And that takes some discipline there is some value, and Simone mentioned this, there is some psychological value um, in, in activating our imagination in constructive ways. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I say don't think about a, a pink polka-dotted elephant, well, we all immediately <laughs> draw, it. it's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. So lots of times with habits that are, are sinful, or destructive patterns we can get caught up in trying not to think about them imagination allows us to constructively reroute our brain Mm. and so instead of putting our energies at not thinking about a bright pink proka elephant don't do it don't do it don't do it darn it i did it we can put our energies in a positive direction. Instead of trying to avoid certain thoughts, we can start activating thoughts, fixing our eyes on Christ, his moral perfection, just the activity of picturing Christ's ascension alone. Imagine being on the mountain with the disciples and seeing him ascend, seeing the angels show up, describe what's going on. All that work, that positive mental energy can bring to life for us the wonder of who christ is i have used imagination to break bad habits Mm. and i said to my kids before i don't you know um in the church there's uh well i've said to my kids before i'm deciding today who i want to be at 60 in other words, 60 yep. is going to come, whether I'm ready or not. We need to make, in, in my imagination, is how I constructively make those decisions. You know, who do I want to be physically and mentally and emotionally and relationally? And do I wanna, how do I want to be connected with Sherry? And how do I want to interact with the congregation? And that's, that's all imagination. Another word would be vision. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, one last word for the next question, but if you're looking for some practical things to do to engage your imagination and your mind in different ways, participation in music, in singing, learning an instrument, whatever it is, Um, studies have been done showing the benefits of brain activity and how different pathways can be created in how you think and where where your mind travels and um, through participation in music. And so if you are dealing with something, if you're battling with with something um, in your imagination and you're coming to worship on Sundays, man, I just want to encourage you, man, start singing, start engaging, start uh, embracing um, a lot of the right brain stuff that we do during, during services.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay, next one. John talked about how through the Holy Spirit and in prayer and in the Bible, we can hear slash find the wonderful counsel of Jesus. I've tried, but I get no answers. I am really struggling. What should I do?
1: It's a great, great question. Um, I think Kelly, you you have said off, often in the, the pulpit. Sometimes we feel like our prayers are just hitting the ceiling. <laughs> like, is there anybody that's out there actually listening? Um, I had talked about you know the the wonder of a counselor, the wonderful counselor, the supernatural wisdom, guidance, direction that comes from Christ, and then. The question that's then left before us is like, oh, how do we access that counsel? You know, I use the example at PCC is like, you know, if we are going to a camp counselor, you, you know, you show up at camp and there's your counselor. Another kind of counselor is you know, you're a therapist type si- situation. You drive to a, a place, you park your car, you get out, you sit down in the chair or the couch or whatever. Well, how do we access the, the supernatural counsel of God and talked about, um, through the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit can give us wisdom and we do that through prayer. But then I also talked about God's word, right? Like there's um, 2 Timothy 3.16, God's word is all scriptures God-breathed and good for teaching, rebuking, um, equipping us. So um, I did think, you know, um, there may be some that feel like, well, I've tried all that (laughs) and I'm not getting anywhere. The first thing I would say is don't give up, which I know that's, uh, you know, which you're try harder, that's not what I'm saying. But um, when we feel discouraged in our prayer life or we're looking to the scripture for something and we just can't, we just don't feel satisfied by it, well, that's potentially the place and the feeling of, of you need to press into it even more, um, which I understand, that's, um, that can be frustrating. But I would say don't give up. The other thing is is find a mentor to help don't go alone. like if you feel like your prayers are continually bouncing off the ceiling or you aren't able to find answers, that's why we have small groups. Like faith is not a, a, a solo activity. It's not a, um, it's a team activity. We need each other to care for each other. We need people to pray for us, pray on our behalf, we need to share our requests, we need to confess our sin. All of those things that those are all done. In community or with a trusted friend. Like if a whole group feels overwhelming, find a person, find someone to speak with, to, to, to talk with, um, share your heart with, let them pray for you. And there's formal ways to do that. I mean, we have small group ministry here at the church, all different types, all different men's groups, women's groups, co-ed groups, um, Sunday night groups that meet. There's groups all over the place that you could plug into at any time. And then I'd offer the Wednesday night, and, um, Wednesday night and Sunday morning prayer groups that we have. They're on Zoom. You can do it in your house. Um, all different types of people come to that, asking for prayer. It's a sweet time of um, praying for each other, um, feeling encouraged. And, you know, for the, the biblical side, like where do I go in Scripture to find God's counsel? I, I mean, I steer people to the Gospels all the time look at the life of Christ, get a good study to help you. And if you need a a study recommendation, just email me at the church. It's right on the website. I'm happy to share with you any resources that I have to help you read through a gospel and answer questions that will help you dig a little bit deeper. But looking at the life of Christ, how he navigated the world that he was in can offer us a lot of instruction on how we are to live. So,
0: yeah, that's good. And And I, it, I mean, it really, a lot of it depends on what you're, what you're looking for counsel for, too, right? Yeah. Like, if this is a very specific life question about a job or about a move or about a, you know, like, man, a lot of, just, a lot of times it's, it's about spend time in the mm-hmm. scriptures and pray and then make your decision. Mm-hmm. Make a decision and, and if you feel peace with it or not, that could be telling. But a lot of times, man, just go to God in prayer. And you may not get the green light you're looking for. You may also not get the red light you're looking for. And sometimes in those moments, I've made sure I've bounced it off of other people that I trust mm-hmm. and love. And then yeah, just make the decision. Yeah. and you, and you, you stay prayerful throughout the whole process, and you know, I think there's, um, I think there's good wisdom in that, and, and God wants to be with you in that process, and I don't think it's as simple as like. Oh, I got to know God's will to to do this definitely or not. Like because you may not get a definite answer.
2: I I feel like you're describing a process, which I just really like. It's not God's not like a genie in a bottle, right? right. That's going to pop out and grant us our wishes. Yeah. Um, it's very he's very relational. And yes. so the process of prayer um, oftentimes looks similar to that. I'm I'm reading a book right now that I have not finished, so I can't say you know, if it's heretical or not. I don't think it is. I wouldn't be this far into it, but it's called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. Um, and it just caught my attention through something else I was reading, you know, when you like start to read the footnotes of other books and I ordered it, um, just kind of hoping for some more inspiration, not dissimilar from what this person's saying, like wondering, um, how to continue to seek out wise counsel from Jesus. And, um, he tells a, I'll tell a quick story. He, he shares a story in the book about how, when he was in eighth grade, so don't be discouraged because I was not doing this in eighth grade, but (laughs) when he was in eighth grade, um, he was unsure of his faith. And so uh, a mentor or a Sunday school teacher, somebody in his life said, I'm going to just challenge you to pray the summer leading into eighth grade for everyone in your class. See if you can just take a minute and pray for all of your other eighth grade classmates this summer and see if that does anything for your faith. And so this guy must just be an overachiever. So he takes his, um, school directory and he decides he's going to walk around this school, his junior high school every single day, the summer between seventh and eighth grade and pray for each one of his classmates. And, um, so, you know, obviously he has an, a profound experience. I don't know why I say obviously, but you would hope that that's the story. He has this profound experience walking around the middle school every day, the summer between seventh and eighth grade, praying for his classmates. So when he starts eighth grade, he his faith he describes as being restored. It's stronger than it's ever been. And he's like building on this momentum of what God had done in him. To your point, Matt, this process of praying for his classmates. But really, although he was praying for his classmates, he was also his whole faith was restored, his or it was strengthened. Yeah. And so he has this courage to start a Bible study. And he says by the end of his eighth grade year, there was a 70% attendance rate from eighth graders wow. attending. It was like a, something stupid, like 6 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. Like great. who comes to Bible study at 6 a.m. when you're in eighth grade, you know? Awesome. Um, so anyway, it was. I was so inspired by the story that I thought, I, I want to do something similar. I like, I want to figure out a way to commit to something mm-hmm. regularly every day mm-hmm. for a year. And so I was going to wait until January cause I just felt like the right, but I was like so <laughs> excited about it that I, I started something um, just recently. It's been like a week into it. And um, I'm just so anticipatory about what God's going to mm-hmm. do through just faithfulness, yeah. through the process, through mm-hmm. um, teaching me about him while maybe doing something in the lives of the people I'm praying for as yeah, well. I mean, it's just like this layered yeah. um, relationship that, I don't know, can bear, hopefully bear much fruit.
0: Yeah. I know we talk about Romans eight twenty eight a lot, but I'm thankful for verses like that that start off for those who love God. Mm-hmm. And, th- and it ends up saying God's going to work everything out for good. And so it doesn't start off like, you know, as long as you choose the right things in life, it will work out for good. It's just like for those who love God. And um, that's encouraging. Um, Okay, next one. I was confused with the description of salvation. If God is bringing dead people to life rather than making bad people good, what part do I, we, play in the process?
3: And I was a little concerned uh, that people would think it doesn't matter if we're bad or good. That's not what I mean to say at all. So Foster quoted Leonard Ravenhill in his communion reflection uh, saying that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, He came to make dead people alive. Uh, I love Ravenhill. If you haven't heard him preach, or he's passed away now, but he was a revivalist in the truest sense of the word, and some of his theology was a little sketchy, but um, <laughs> he he had a passion for people to follow Christ. So, um, salvation. My point about salvation is: is it, it that it is wonderful? It meaning it's supernatural. Mm-hmm. It, Christ is wonderful. He's supernatural, born of a virgin, raised from the grave. And the work that God's doing through Christ, faith in Christ, is supernatural. We're involved in it, uh, but it's his work. And so Ephesians is the best place to turn, I I think, for this. Ephesians 2 through t- uh, 8, 9, and 10. It's by grace, you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's not, it's not something I've caused, we've caused. It's the gift of God. It's something God is doing. It's not by works, so no one can boast. It's not something I'm doing. And then he says, in verse 10, it's fascinating. We are God's handiwork. This is something God's doing. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So I am active, but it's not something, I'm involved, but I'm not causing it. And so that's why when I give an invitation, I say, if you feel in your heart, in your mind, faith welling up, a desire to affirm that Christ is Lord, that he's raised from the grave, that he's truly wonderful, then let your mouth profess what your heart's believing. That's exactly how it's described in the New Testament, Romans 10:9. With the mouth we profess, with the heart we believe, and are saved. And so we're involved, but we don't cause. Hello, church family. I want to talk to you about the Christmas Eve service schedule. We have five total services across all campuses. So listen closely. Here you go. On the 23rd, we have a 6:30 p.m. service, and then on the 24th, we have a 10:30 a.m. service at both campuses, Poplar Creek and Glenelg Bible. And then later in the afternoon at Glenelg Bible, we have a 3:30 and a five o'clock service. Now note. All services are identical. All five services are identical. So pick your service wisely and consider inviting somebody. We know this time of year when invitations are extended one-to-one, many people are open to considering coming to church or coming back to church. So let's be inviters this Christmas season. We look forward to worshiping together. Uh, Next one. We lit the Advent candle of hope today. This is
0: at Poplar Creek. Uh, Seems like the world needs some hope. How can we better share the hope of Christ? Seems like as Christians, we're more known for what we're against than, what, than being people for hope.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, as Christians, we're more known for what we're against than being people for hope.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a... It's wide open. That's the question. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah the the lighting of the candle of of hope um i'm sure that question comes from um f- maybe a feeling of um the world you know where is the hope the hope feels kind of you kinda- about to cry no no i'm not going to i'm not going to cry <laughs> There's I no mean, crying. Right I mean, it's
2: okay if you do. Have, there's I no mean, crying in like, podcasting. I have like I cried before. Pay more attention. If I you're...
1: had. I have cried before on the podcast. Yes, you have. Thanks for rem- remembering <laughs> and reminding. Sorry, so I'm much. so
2: sorry. I did not mean to interrupt you.
1: Anyway, um, yeah, there's there is a feeling of hopeless, uh, some a level of hopelessness in the in the world, right? Um, it's been. I was um, talking with somebody just on Friday about. 2023 was a difficult year. Mm. Worse and harder than 2020 and 2021 and some of 2022. Like it was, it's, I think me personally, 2023 has been a difficult year. It's been a hard year. I think some of uh, Foster, what he shared in communion, they talked about this was a a trying year for him. Um, I think many have felt that, and are looking for hope. You know, what is the hope of the the world? Well, Christ is the hope of the world. So how do we better share that hope in this world? I think there's two things. One is how we live our lives, how we treat one another, and how we treat those around us. Do we act with tenderness and gentleness and um, love and patience and (laughs) peace? All the things that show the world that we have a hope inside of us that's greater than the, the things that we face. Right? So there's the, the living as people that have a hope that the world that we're in, the things that we deal with and face on a daily basis that just seem to overwhelm us, that we actually have a hope. And I'm not, I'm not saying we need to be these fake, shiny, happy, you know, Christians. But even in the midst of some really difficult stuff, there are ways that we can point to a deeper, bigger, greater hope. So I think they're showing it. And then, of course, there's telling it. I mean, Kelly, in your announcement this morning, you said invite a friend. Um, For those that feel that we interact with that seem to be um, feeling hopeless, well, there's ways to show them and help them experience some of the hope that we find at at Christmas. So invite them them to be a part of things. One of the things, maybe I'm going to ramble here, but one of the things that um, has been really interesting, a lot of people have asked a question about um, hiring people in the church. I get that question like daily. Mm. Um, So how is the hiring process going? And well, because we hired this and this, but we're still trying to hire. And how's hiring, hiring, hiring? All pastors that I'm friends with are trying to figure out how do we hire in the church, hire in the church. And one of the things that's Come a part of that conversation is um, there are less people interested in working in the church mm. than we've than hmm. than we faced before. There's it's less, a historic low. There's a historic low in seminary attendance, Christian college, small Christian college attendance, Christian college attendance. Generally, um, less people going into ministry full time, but we still have lots of churches doing lots of ministry. And so the number of people that are able to go into the church, um, so there's less people working in the church. And at the same time, we're learning that the spiritual hunger of people right now is like at an all time high. (laughs) So you have demand and low supply, high demand and low supply. And that creates a, um, A a difficult situation. So I I raise it simply to say that I think that the conversations you may be afraid to have with people about Jesus may actually go surprisingly well because the, the culture that we are a part of is hungry for hope and is very interested in spiritual things. Um, the, the one of the best parts about stepping into helping in the high school ministry and, and leading Reckless this fall has been to see the depth and the hunger of our high school students for Jesus. I mean, meaty questions, real questions about who Jesus is and wanting to live for Christ and share Christ— I've been involved in church ministry and I used to be involved in student ministry on a very regular basis and the passion and depth that I am seeing and experiencing in our high school students and college students is remarkable to me. It's been remarkable. Um, not ashamed to raise their hands in front of their friends and sing out passionately in worship. I would have never done that when I was 16. Yeah. Young men, And young women Mm -hmm. unashamedly coming forward in our church for prayer would have never done that when I was 16. College students raising their hands, passionately worshiping, asking questions, coming to prayer groups. We have college students coming to men's and women's Bible study at this church. I would have never done that as a college student. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that nobody did back then, but the, the hunger and the desire for people to to want to explore Christ and learn from him and go deep. I mean, I just, I feel like the opportunity is like so, so ripe and incredible. I don't know what you guys are seeing or experiencing, but I just, I feel like it's it's out there.
3: I've been super encouraged. I've not been in student ministries as much as you have this this semester, but the time I've spent in student ministries, super encouraged by our college volunteers, their readiness, eagerness to be a blessing, that was not who I was in college. And um, yeah, super encouraged. And then our high schoolers, we have a group of seniors in high school that volunteer in our junior high ministry. And um, their leadership, the blessing that they are to our junior hires, is just off the charts. So it's really, yeah, I've been super encouraged. I, you know, if you're wondering about hope, and how can Christians be known for hope? Um, I do take some comfort in the fact it 's not just Christians right now that are increasingly known for what we 're against Great I mean there 's a lot of polarization going on in our culture sure i 'm not, I'm not excited that Christians would give in to culture that way and um, so I do think we need to make a point of focusing on on what we believe God's doing in the world, where there is hope. And I think it's as simple as making a list and being ready to go. Having your talking points during the day. I I have had seasons in my life where I daily had to be reminded of what are my talking points? What what am I gonna say positive rather than negative? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, that's a good habit.
2: And maybe also broaden where you're getting your information about Christians. You know what I mean? Like if you're, no, I mean, I didn't mean <laughs> no, that to be no, sassy. No, that's I to, awesome. Yeah, no, I just it's so really good. meant it. Like there's a yes. lot of incredible grassroots organizations and missionaries and just real life people who are doing incredible mm. things who just aren't maybe the loudest. Right. And so if you broaden your, you know, information pool of where you're finding stories of hope, um, you probably would be incredibly encouraged.
1: That's yeah. that's actually part of the work being done as a Christian means that we don't trumpet it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, the, mm-hmm. right, right. So the reason that you might not hear about it or know about it is like that's part of yeah. the deal. There's
2: like humility involved in it. <laughs> right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know it's right. actually real tricky because you want it to is. tell everybody about the great work you're doing, but then you're also like I'm. Right. We're actually not looking for your applause either. Right. We're just trying to do what God's put in front of us. Totally. I switched my tone to we. You see what I'm saying here? Like, start following Amy's <laughs> house. If you want to see some hope, you want to see some life change, like to start there. Yeah.
1: yeah. We, we're going to share a little, uh, just to give everybody a little teaser. We have a video coming out this week where you're going to... Woot, woot. That um, Kelly shared just some highlights of our year. Oh, um, awesome. And, and just, it's a quick... Kind of video, but just some, some personal highlights and... Um, Celebrating God's goodness. Celebrating Good. God's goodness. Yeah. Good.
3: I got That's Mark and Sandy point. Hinkle's... Or I saw Mark and Sandy Hinkle's uh, newsletter on somebody's coffee table, picked it up and looked at it. And uh, the, the folks in the living room where, where I grabbed this newsletter were just talking about how the Hinkle's have made a huge impact in the inner city of Chicago. Just quiet, mm. diligent kind of a long obedience in the same direction uh, posture. And so we there are people out there offering real hope in difficult situations and Mm -hmm. in seeing God at work. Yep.
0: All right, let's go to the last one. Uh, Love the distinction between education and transformation. If I've got it right, God brings transformation while education helps us order our lives in a dark world. How do we get more transformation?
3: Yeah, my simple answer to that would be Matthew 7, 7, ask, seek, knock. When you ask, you receive. Um, Everybody, he says, everyone who asks, receives. And so there is a seeking, without a doubt. Um, So pursue the things of God. Ask for transformation. Activate your imagination. Um, There's a diligence involved in, in seeking transformation. Again, we don't cause it, but we're involved in it. The transformation we need is for the supernatural, wonderful Savior, Uh, to enliven us and and grow us, Uh, but we're definitely involved. So um, education's vital, it's important, but we have to meet with the Holy Spirit, the Mm -hmm. Spirit of Christ in us to have our appetites changed.
2: I maybe shared this story earlier, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but John and I just finished what I found to be a very difficult class in the program we're in. And
1: here we go again. (laughs)
2: You're going to hear about this for the rest of the world. Um, The day after, I think I shared this the day after that class, I did street outreach with Naomi's house. We went and gave out out outreach bags to a homeless population and particularly women who are possibly being exploited. There's a correlation between homelessness and exploitation. Mm. And I had, some just powerful, profound moments talking to people that day. And we're not even, you know, we're 24 hours not even out of that class. And um, the the contrast between sitting in a 40-hour class for five straight days and Mm. spending 90 minutes on the street talking to real people and holding the hands and praying with actual humans, like that contrast was so stark to me. It, it was really, um, is, it, it was, it actually healed me <laughs> from the difficulty I'd had from, the, from class. the trauma of the class. I mean, I'm trying not to use the word drama because it's overused and probably misplaced, but, um, you're it, drawing a
3: distinction now between yeah, education and transformation. Absolutely. Yeah, right, right. And
2: the, the opportunity to have education, I'm very grateful for, but transformation for me comes with people mm-hmm. and just even the Messy, difficult, hard conversations mm-hmm. that you have with people or like the discrepancies that you get frustrated with. Like, why are there homeless people in Aurora? Like, that's this is Illinois for crying out. You know what I mean? You're yeah. like, you're just so I don't know. For me, it was like this. That was the powerful bridge. Like, I'm grateful for education. Mm. It, it does have value. But transformation for me is just person to person, human to human. I feel like
3: that's... it's interesting. You bring that. up. I've never thought about that transformation. I'm working this out in real time here. Transformation will always involve a person yeah the person of God and other people. Mm-hmm. Education will Singular. often mm-hmm. do the same, but education is more of a a, uh, a transaction of information
0: mm-hmm.
3: yeah that's interesting
1: i 'll say you know for me the education education piece for for me personally gives me a level of confidence in the Spiritual conversations of yeah. today 's world, and that doesn't mean that if you don't have some kind of spiritual education or knowledge or whatever no. that you can't have Meaning. spiritual yeah. and deep conversations with others. you totally can, mm-hmm. but for me personally it um, sometimes I feel like I need a little bit of um, uh, more information or more confidence in in some t- in some of those um,
3: Well, we're not poo-pooing training.
1: No, 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 right. And I just, I feel like, you know, if I do too much education, I'll stay, you know. Very irrelevant would be the word I would use. Yeah, my nose in a book, writing and thinking and whatever, which I'm not knocking that. But if you never get out and um, are not a practitioner Mm -hmm. in any way, shape or form, um, I I feel like that's... um, you're missing. You're missing out on well, a lot especially of it. when you go out. You get humbled really quickly. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, if my my fear. I'm not saying this is true of everybody who just you know like the academia folks yeah. that are just doing that. But my fear for me is, at, at the end of the day, after years and years of doing that, I would think a lot of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that because I know me, no man when puffs you, up. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you get out and you start meeting people, mm-hmm. um, you just get humbled really mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. But I totally resonate, John, with what you're talking about about the competence thing, like. Uh, because I've finished seminary, I have more of a confidence now to engage, and some people don't need that confidence. Comp- it's just built in, and they'll just go and engage. Yeah. I kind of needed it, and it's funny, because it's not like... I don't have the best memory. It's not like I draw on the things that I learned in seminary hardcore to go into these situations. Right. It's just that it, I kind of needed the, hey, man, you're, you're good. You got this. You you went through it. Now, mm-hmm. just go in there and trust God and and it all work out. Like now I kind of have that confidence, but like I'm not drawing on any specific thing that mm-hmm. I learned. Yeah. I just, you know, yeah. So I totally resonate with that kind of needing that confidence. All right. Um, that's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate.
1: Text next little podcast 630 Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith.
2: We love God and believe that scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him, and our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together.
3: Thanks for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into The Next Level. Boom, prophecy.